Welcome Mandalorian Fakers to the Mando Roundup, brought to you by FakingStarWars.net. It's time to kick back at the saloon with a dust stick or two and enjoy this week's recap of the Mandalorian. Ah, bounty hunting is the life, wouldn't you agree? Hello, and welcome to the Mando Roundup, brought to you by FakingStarWars.net. This is one of our podcasts. We have another one, Faking Star Wars Radio, so subscribe to both, Faking Star Wars Radio and the Mando Roundup. My name is Storm Duper. You can follow me on Twitter, at Storm Duper. And I have big news. Our co-host, Gemma the Hutt, also has created a Twitter account. Isn't that right, Gemma? I finally did it. Wow. And uh, tell our fans how they can at you or DM you pictures of their lightsaber. I, I don't actually know that. <laughs> I don't actually know. I use Twitter very well. I'm at Gemma the Hut with a J. And do you have less than a million followers, Gemma? Um, I have much less than a million followers. All right. Well, it sounds like the people out there need to get that done. So follow Gemma the Hut. Send her a little happy message there. She will appreciate it. So today, Gemma, we have to talk about uh, last episode, you know, uh, episode 10. And today we're going to be launching into a recap of episode 11, The Heiress, directed by... Ron Howard's daughter, Opie Jr. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Opie Jr. Um, So yeah. But before we get to the predictions from last week, Gemma, I have to tell you something. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, men actually shaved their balls with the same razor as their face. (laughs) Not anymore, thanks to our sponsors at Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped is here to stop your twins from looking like Chewbacca down there. Thank goodness. I had to break up with someone once because his, his nether regions were all, you know, congested and stinky like a like a traffic jam. Oh, geez. Uh, I don't want to know too much more about that, but you're telling me that you actually had true love thwarted because of somebody's sweaty, greasy, horrible balls. I could not handle the lack of maintenance. Well, Manscaped is forever changing that grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. Don't be the hairiest Jedi in the resistance. And I have to tell you, Gemma, I also have struggled with some gross, hairy uh, balls. And somebody actually sent me the perfect package 3.0, and I've been using it. It is a godsend. I mean, this is from direct from the midichlorians, from the force itself. Um, it is an amazing, amazing package. First of all, it's several products in one, um, but the featured product is the waterproof uh, and skin safe Lawnmower 3.0. This is an electric razor. Like I said, you can use it in the shower. It's completely waterproof, and this will reduce risks and nicks to your two best friends. What a relief. You know, I was using it uh, this week, and it was like the first time that I have shaved down there without it being like this dainty, like hold your breath kind of experience. I felt like the force was just flowing through me. It was an amazing experience. I'm so happy with this shaver. It's amazing. So what's in it for the ladies? Well, you know, uh, not only do the guys get to clean up down there um, and how, uh, you know, one of the most powerful forces in the galaxy is your lightsaber. So if you keep yours clean with a lawnmower 3.0, not only will you be happy, but you'll be able to please your ladies better. You have more confidence. Um, even R2-D2 and C-3PO would be impressed by this revolutionary technology. But Gemma, you know, it's not enough just to shave down there because it can still get chafing. You know, I'm a sweaty guy. I'm a heavy guy. Uh, sometimes in the studio, 
you get that like Dagobah swamp ball sort of thing going on. Am I right? I can smell it from a meter away. Yeah, especially in the summertime. And uh, Manscaped has an incredible product for down there. It's basically armpit deodorant for your balls. It's called the Crop Preserver, and it's it's actually better than regular deodorant. It's an anti-chafing moisturizer and deodorant. And not only do you get the Crop Preserver in the Perfect Package 3.0, but they also include a bottle of the Crop Reviver, which is a ball toner spray. Now, it's not like cologne. It's not harsh. It's got a very nice, mild scent. Um, you might smell it over there, Gemma. Um, I'm going to send a, a package to my future boyfriend. Well, my balls, they used to look as dry as Tatooine before I used Manscaped's ball toner and deodorant, but now they are just like a bowl of citrus fruit down there. It's incredible. And it doesn't smell like Axe Body Spray from here. No. And it's more delicious, I would reckon. I love it when a Bing is confident enough to keep his ball smelling nice. Well, the Perfect Package 3.0 also includes, this is, for me, it's a big one, anti-chafing performance boxer briefs that keep your package cool and smelling fresh all day. The Death Star is no match for Manscaped's incredible grooming tools. I have been on the quest, you know, like the Mandalorian's questing for Baby Yoda. I have been on the quest for some underwear that do not chafe i have sensitive skin and especially when i've been working out when i'm you know uh it's been a sweaty hot day that things can get really really gross down there well these underwear are incredible i feel like i've lost 30 pounds just having them on but most importantly do you think you'll attract the ladies they are sexy underwear you know they're silky smooth but very manly extremely extremely bedroom appropriate so yeah that's a uh, that's manscapes perfect package 3.0 uh holidays right around the corner this is a great time to surprise your loved ones uh their balls will never be the same trust me right now you can get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code fsw radio at manscaped.com that's fsw radio all in caps at manscaped.com Gemma, it's time to become a jedi master of the grooming game with a perfect package 3.0 guys your balls will thank you Get 20% off in free shipping with the code FSWRADIO at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code FSWRADIO, all in caps. May the force be with your balls. I'm a fan and I don't even have a lightsaber. So, Gemma, last week, uh, refresh our memory. What did we predict was going to happen in this episode? Well, I'll admit it. I was completely wrong, and you were um, a little more right than I was wrong. So uh, I predicted that Baby Yoda would communicate, and really he's uh, been just as useless as ever in this episode. <laughs> just gobbling up everything he can, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how about my prediction? Uh, it was pretty much spot on. You want to explain? Well, I predicted that the Mando would end up taking Frog Lady and Baby Yoda to a water planet where we would meet the Quarren. And how did we ever meet the Quarren, huh? That was exciting. Applause, applause. Yes, thank you very much. So I guess I have 50 million points for last week. I have minus 50 million. Yes. Well, um, give us your synopsis here of episode 11, The Heiress. Uh, What's your hot take on this episode, Gemma? So this episode was short but exciting. Um, they land on a red lobster planet and it's uh, all you can eat shrimp night and there's all the seafood walking around and that's very exciting and delicious. 
And so they get settled on the seafood planet. And of course, the Mandalorian, he's looking for his own kind. He's very lonely these days. And so he hops on a boat with squid people who are clearly villains. And they try to um, feed him to a monster. And then he gets rescued by his own kind. Pretty good synopsis. Uh, You neglected to talk about the takeover of the ship. I'm getting to that. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) So um, he gets, uh, you know, meets his own kind. He gets rescued by his own kind. And they turn out to be not quite his own kind. Um, You know, they're they're Mandalorian-ish. And they take their helmets off. And when they take their helmets off, they're disappointingly normal-looking people. And so they're like, hey, um, we'll, we'll uh, you know, help you with some stuff if you, like, help us with some stuff. And then they have to hijack a ship because one of the lady Mandalorians wants her letter opener back. It's a bit like the Sneetches, you know, Dr. Seuss, like the Sneetches that have a star on their stomach and which one didn't. Or like the butter beater battle, like people butter their bread on the top or the bottom of the bread. I mean, <laughs> I march to the wall with great vim and great vigor. Right up the van, it with my hand on the trigger. I'll have no more nonsense, I said with a frown. From Zooks who eat bread with the butter side down. Kick it! Are you getting that vibe, this religious vibe with the Mandalorian? Sure, but I think that the that it's a distinction with a difference. Right. So who is right? The Bo-Katan Kreese Protestants or the Roman Catholic Child of the Watch movement? So are, are we getting into the questions now? Yeah. Okay. Um. You know, I, I feel like if you're going to get into something, you might as well just really do it. So um, I'm... Full stop. I'm team tradition here. So you're opting for the Mandalorian's view on the religious zealousy here. Oh yeah, yeah, cuz if you're if you're don't, you know, if you can't cheer for the team, get out of the stadium. Yeah, it is an interesting metaphor. Religion has always been a part of Star Wars, but I kind of like that they're going in depth on that and that it's not just one unified theory of Mandalore, but there's divisions in the ranks. That's quite cool. Well, somebody might be wrong. Now, so, you probably are not as well acquainted with the backstory on the Clone Wars and Boca Raton and her um, her importance to the, the planet Mandalore, but we're going to get some of that. But I like the way that I felt like even if you hadn't watched the Clone Wars, there was enough there that it wasn't alienating. How did you feel about it? I was a little bit underwhelmed. I just well, expected, you know, more interesting people to come out of those suits. <laughs> Interestingly enough, um, Boca Raton is played uh, by the same actress who did the voice for uh, Boca Raton in the Clone Wars series. That doesn't happen very often that the voice actor becomes the actress in live action. I'm going to say something rude, but maybe that's why she was uh, physically underwhelming. <laughs> right. They she, really... had, she had a face for radio like we do. I was reading about this a little bit, and some people say that this is actually an improvement because she only looks like she's about, you know, mid-40s, which is how much she should have aged. But if you imagine um, Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope, how much he would have aged, they made him out to be this, like, decrepit old man. But Bo-Katan, she's exactly the right age, what she should be in this episode. I I do appreciate that, that they didn't um, turn her into a a a 21-and-a-half-year-old. Oh, no. I was saying that they, they did turn her into, like, an old spinster of a lady, you know? <laughs> she's, like, knitting while she's trying to, like, you know, take over the uh, Imperial vessel there. What the heck does dank ferric mean? I don't know. I think you should feel this one. Well, I think it's a curse word, but we heard it several times. Uh, I think Mandalore, Man, the Mandalorian himself used it. Uh, one of the three uh, Bo-Katan um, musketeers <laughs> said it as well. 
is is it a swear word do you think or is it like kind of a religious mantra you have sharp ears i don't know i don't know if it'll matter because one of the things this series does sometimes is uh you know bring something up and then completely abandons it later I think Dink Ferrick, if we don't have 16 podcasts called Dink Ferrick at this point, I'd be very surprised. Uh, write us in uh, on Twitter at Storm Duper. Um, let me know what you think Dink Ferrick actually means. So here's a question. Um, you know, when a Mandalorian arrives, when the Mandalorian arrives on the planet Trask, I believe it's called Trask, um, when did the Mon Calamari Doxman have time to watch and get fashion tips from Ryan Johnson's Knives Out film? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the cable knit sweater. Do you think that's a nod? Oh, now I get it. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's like normal fisherman's gear. It's like they're they're squid people. They're basically parts of a seafood buffet, but they dress like normal folks. Right. So he's kind of got that that swarthy seaman look. So you didn't think that was a nod to to Ryan Johnson? I don't know. That would have been a little <laughs> bit far fetched, but hilarious. Well, the fans are going nuts over that Mon Calamar cable knit sweater. It's all the rage. I think it's going to be a Halloween costume next year. <laughs> so where was the Mando while the Frog Prince and his wife grew an entire baby, like one of those sponge toys? I mean, he takes off for like a little, you know, two hour. Uh, adventure and he comes back and they've already birthed this infant and it's growing into the size of a potato in this little soup bowl well um that was disney's chance to make something r-rated and they just dropped the ball you know because we know that these are unfertilized eggs a tank of unfertilized eggs that the husband has to fertilize and that was their chance I mean, this species seems like a very precarious species, but they reproduce faster than anything I've ever seen. Like, they have to be the stupidest species in the galaxy if they're not, like, able to keep their, their species in, in line. Well, I feel like they're going to, like, an invasive species just take over that whole planet. It's going to be like that episode of The Simpsons when Bart brings frogs to Australia. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it's going to be like. What does that sign say? I thought they spoke English in this country. It says you can't bring in outside plants or animals. Any foreign creature you bring in could upset the environmental balance. Oh. Sorry, girl. I don't want to get in any more trouble down here. I'll pick you up on the way home. They're going to take over the, the shipping lanes and everything, and this kind of place going to be a total disaster. I can't wait. Okay, Duper. So speaking of eggs and, you know, reproduction, and, geez, there's a lot of eggs in this series. Um, Why is everyone on this show eating eggs like in this episode the mama core eats baby yoda at an egg baby yoda's eating eggs uh tell me what's up with all the eggs i think that the egg farmers of america have heavily sponsored uh this show secretly like for product placement it product placement is difficult in star wars you know you can't just have like a coca-cola mando can't just like crack open a, a beer and say you know uh, tastes great, less filling. So the egg thing is sort of a subtle. Like we also had like the Suga egg in the first series with the Jawas from the uh, from the the beast there, the um, the Mudhorn. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's product placement. I think it's adorable. So speaking of adorable, like how cute was Baby Yoda meditating at the beginning of the episode? Was he meditating? See, I wasn't sure. He kind of was snoring and, and sitting there. But yeah, I guess he was. I mean, it looked, it was very reminiscent of uh, Yoda's meditation, I believe, in Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith when he communicates with Qui-Gon Jinn. It's, it's doing that meditation pose that we know so well. So it was adorable, but like maybe he was planning something 
Ooh, that could be. Yeah, so how is it that this species is just innately gifted with the Force and they, they just go along with it and they know exactly what to do? That seems like a bit weird to me because the whole Jedi thing is like they need to be trained. They need to be like removed from their family structure. And like if you're too old, like, you know, you don't you can't do it. But here's this baby. Is he just like an, a, a savant of the force? He's like force savant, I guess. So the real question will be, will he use it for good or for evil? I think he should turn a little evil. I would love to see uh, an evil baby Yoda. I mean, there's nothing scarier than an evil child. <laughs> And it's kind of like Chucky. He, we could do a Chucky Yoda crossover oh, episode. That would be awesome. Get some overalls on that Yoda. Yeah, yeah. I'll give him a cable knit sweater too. Why not? <laughs> there was a weird little scene here that I want to see what you thought. Um, remember after Mando basically spurned the invitation to join the uh, Protestant uh, cult of uh, uh, Book Book of Raton? Uh, he gets encountered. He's encountered by the Quarren in a dark alley, and the guy is like. You killed my brother. My name is Inigo Mentoya. Prepare to die. Like, was that a nod to the Princess Bride, did you think? It Mm-mm. sort of felt like it to me. No, I think it was kind of an Old West thing. It is a bit, yeah. But but that was something I had a problem with. Like, Mando abandoned them. And then, like, suddenly they just show up again to save his butt. Like, is that really how they would operate? Uh, they needed him, though. Because they were too ineffectual to get onto that uh, Imperial vessel yeah, all by themselves? Yeah, mm-hmm. hmm, hmm. Yeah, I guess you could see that. Uh, that scene was cool. I really loved it. The the, the Stormtroopers, the, the Imperial kind of hologram discussion. And then we saw something we'd never seen before, which is basically a Star Wars Imperial kamikaze. I mean, first he kills himself, and then he tries to, like, devastate the uh, the ship on the, in the shore. Yeah, there seemed to be a lot of murder in that part of the episode. <laughs> the, the this is a show for kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for kids. <laughs> yeah. Suicide, you know, babies being eaten by horrible monsters. I would show my <laughs> seven-year-old this in a heartbeat. I'm sure he'd love it. You know, for kids. All right. Well, uh, Gemma, it's time to get our best scar rating for this episode. Uh, you recall last episode, I gave a pretty low rating. You were a little bit more positive. How about this one? Out of 10, what's your best scar rating? A four because it was too short. It was short. I wanted a little bit more as well, although it was so action-packed. I would give it, I think I'd give it like a seven. I thought it was really well done, and I think they nailed Bo-Katan, Boca Raton. She's fantastic. I I think you're overrating it. Huh, huh. Okay. Well, now it's time for our speculations. 20 seconds uh, for your speculation about what's going to happen in episode 12 of Mandalorian coming up next week. Why don't you go first since you were so terrible last week, Gemma? <laughs> I think I'm going to be terrible again this week. I'm starting to really love this bit. Oh, I'm starting to feel a little discouraged for being so bad at it. So they're headed to the next planet. Um, one thing they're going to do is they're going to get their ship made over so it doesn't look like a red lobster. Um, next thing they're going to do is they're going to meet new friends and they're probably going to save a village from something. They love saving villages from things. Okay. So you think they're going to sort of stick with this like main quest, side quest sort of organization that they've had going on? I think they're going to, for, for a few more episodes. Yeah, so so that would mean that, that nothing's going to happen again. Yes, <laughs> okay. that's exactly it. All right, just but I, I'm okay with that. Right. So I here's my uh, my 20-second prediction. Um, I think that uh, we're not going to go to the planet Corvus in the next episode. I think it's going to be too soon for Ahsoka Tano. They're going to dangle her like an orange carrot. 
Uh, but actually, I think we're going to go back to Navarro because Mando is going to need to talk to uh, Grief Karga and uh, Gina Carano's character and get the ship back in order. Oh. Cara Dune. Sorry, I couldn't think of her name in the, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure here on this. Oh, good call. Yeah, so I think we're going back to Navarro and, you know, he's going to clean up basically the, the rest of the issues that he's caused. You are over your 20 seconds. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to fill in the gaps here. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, would you like to go back to Navarro? I, th- I thought that was one of the coolest planets we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could do that. I'm back to Navarro. It can't be all that pretty. So. What else, Gemma? I mean, this episode, we had a lot of slurping of octopus and, uh, oh, that sounds so dirty, and calamari and, it and just all made kinds me of hungry. seafood stew. Mm. I just wanted to head for a red lobster or a Chinese seafood buffet. There we go. Well, uh, stay tuned to the Mando Roundup. Uh, subscribe, leave us a review, and also get us on Faking Star Wars Radio. Uh, I am actually in the works trying to interview the woman who did the hairdressing on uh on this episode on the series actually um we'll see if we can score that interview or not uh, you know lucasfilm is a little tight-lipped but um that's something we're working on so that's coming in the future as well and also check out our patreon at patreon.com slash faking star wars we have uh the fake jedi padawan stephen howard and the mediacratics darth taxis and keith Harmon, who are supporting us every month at the fake jedi night level you get a gift even for giving just a buck a month uh, you can also check out our t-shirt store at bit.ly slash fswmerch. And continue your manscaping. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FSWRADIO, all in caps, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code FSWRADIO. May the force be with your balls. And we'll see you, Gemma, next week for another great episode of the Mando Roundup. Don't forget to keep it tuned to fakingstarwars.net for the finest comedy, satire, and parody in the galaxy. This is the way. And may the foe be with you.